It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping here Hard time's calling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind And we are back It's me with no song because I am exhausted. So what did you think of the New York live show? It was really something. It was, are my things even? I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know anymore. I don't know anything anymore. So um, yeah, I guess like I'm fully here. Went to New York. I felt like the live show was really something. We did bits. Big up Annie, big up Brent, big up uh, Veronica who came through to help. Like you were such a godsend. Um, Big up SOBs. I mean, (laughs) it was shaky for a moment there with my card, but um, overall it was, uh, it was just, it was a brilliant experience and I can't wait to go back. Um, Really let's all practice our listening skills. Um, If you are not on the stage, you're shouldn't be talking. Um, practice that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it was just great. Like I enjoyed having, you know, people there who inspired me to even start podcasting in terms of like Crystal and stuff be there. I haven't even introduced myself. Look at me cutting myself off and interrupting myself. Um, it's me, Kalechi. In the best place to be And you are listening to S-Y-M Officially known as Say Your Mind Unofficially known as What What That's right, Suck Your Mum And I feel like my voice isn't even back I've had like the most Like the busiest week ever So flew back from New York early Like again, suck out Virgin Atlantic I feel like if you know somebody who works at Virgin Atlantic They owe me upper class next time To make up for the fact that they really put me through the wars to get back What was I getting back for? I needed to be part of a round table with Keir Starmer Talking about how we go about halving knife crime rates in, you know, in the UK But specifically I would guess London, you know So I was coming back for that because I was invited to it And I didn't want to miss it And again, it's not one of those things that I'm being paid to be there But I understand how important it is for somebody like me to be there Not to say that other people aren't going to be there talking up the things But my particular level of vim Like my Jenny San Juan Also known as Jenny Saqua in that place with the Eiffel Tower um, It would be necessary for something such as this And so Yeah, I wanted to get back to be able to do that I ate at Peaches I realised that I actually had gone to eat at Peaches in uh, Bed-Stuy before When I was in New York the last time Food slapped I was hoping I would be able to get some in time to take with me on the plane But then I didn't But yeah, Virgin Atlantic If you know anyone that works there They owe me upper class the next time Because that, all of that was bloody ridiculous All I was trying to do was get back to something that I knew would be of good Potential good to um, our communities Uh, So after the knife crime roundtable I think there was only about like eight of us That were invited to be in the room I think you can hear me I was going to move the mic Um, I think there was about eight of us And I was sat opposite Keir (laughs) That was hilarious Um, 
But yeah, it was it was good to do that. After that, there was a uh, conversation. It was uh, organized by My Life, My Say, uh, an organization that wants to encourage young people to register to vote and then to go out and vote. So they organized a conversation between Keir Starmer and Doreen Lawrence. And um, it was good. You know, Keir said some things that I didn't even know that he knew about. So it was a surprise to me. I'm yet to be won over, but for the most part, okay, fine. Um, So yeah, I had to rush back for that round table. So my flight got in at like 7am in the morning into Heathrow, then went home, had a quick nap, um, got myself ready and then headed off to the round table for like 4pm or something. Um, Yeah. I made points, you know me already, you know, your girly is going to be making points. So I made points like you can't say that you want to intervene and you want to deal with knife crime, but you're not addressing like poverty. You're not addressing housing. You're not um, addressing education. You're not addressing white supremacy, really, because until you do that, how are you going to half knife crime? Knife crime is a symptom of trauma. That trauma has been inflicted upon us by white supremacist heteropatriarchy. We cannot deny that. So until we're talking about that, like, what are we really talking about? And I fully rolled up there with my gold caps on my teeth, you know, giving a look because intelligence and eloquence comes in various forms and a baby girl will deliver on the looks and the styles. Talking of looks and styles this week, I bodied it. Are you nuts? First, the round table, giving the girlies that look from um, Andrea Iyama, you know, my three piece uh, set. That's like the psychedelic colors. Very, very beautiful. Um, Also, if people ever ask to photograph you and you think it's a collaboration when really they are thinking about how if you use that image, they're going to get paid off it. Be very, very aware. But I that's by the by. Anyway, carrying on with what I was saying. Um, You like that was a look. And then what did I do after that? Then Sunday, did I go somewhere? Oh, Sunday, I went to go and watch Super Mario Brothers. That was great. Okay, going back to Keir Starmer. You see how my brain works? There's so much information that I need to deliver, but such short time. Ooh, Kalechi, catch your breath. Pulsa. So, at the Keir Starmer roundtable talking about knife crime, um, they're preparing, obviously, because we think that a general election might be soon. And, you know, they're getting a, together their Race Equality Act and all of these things. And it's been a joy to contribute because this isn't actually the first time that I've contributed um, for this particular thing. I've spoken, I think, about criminal justice. And I've also spoken about small businesses and changes that I think that needs to be made in order for the Labour Party to be of any use to anybody really, but specifically Black people, specifically the global majority that live in this country. Um, So having, you know, all of those conversations, um, I posted a picture of myself and Keir shaking hands, like obviously he was glad to meet, you know, to meet me, you know, fine. Um, I'm joking by the way, but um, posted that and people were like, oh, but Kelechi, you know, he's not going to make any change. You know, he's not going to make any change. Shakira, Shakira. I didn't know that you can dance like this. My hips don't lie And I'm trying to My hips don't lie Okay My hips 
do not lie. So if any politician is potentially bringing me in the room and they are lying and they're not going to do what they said that they're going to do, baby, as long as my hips aren't lying, I'm going to do what it do. I'm going to make it do what it do, baby. That's all you need to know. Okay. By that, what do I mean? I mean that tomorrow, tomorrow, you cannot say that you weren't told the things. I will give you the benefit of the doubt that this is the first time that you are hearing my particular perspective. Although I know that there's nothing new under the sun. And I know that there are people who have come before me who have the bars, who have the research, they have the data, they have the analysis, they have written the reports. You know, I'm just here as a cutie sitting in front of a politician telling him, get it right, baby, get it right. Because as that African adage goes, a child who is not embraced by their village will burn that village down to feel its warmth. So you can't say tomorrow, tomorrow that you were not told. Because when Kelechi Oluwafumila, your baby girl Okafor, decides that she wants to drag the girlies, the girlies cannot say that they were not given a warning prior to that. So I don't mind. So you asking me, oh, do you think he took it on board? Do you think this? Do you think that? I would hope so. Ask about me. I mean, I would hope so. So that's all really I have to say about that. I am, oh, I'm hopeful. Yes, I am hopeful for today. Take this music and use it. Let it take you away and be hopeful, hopeful. Because I will feel... I will fling straws if you try me, baby. Kelechi, find the notes, Jesus, of the harmonizations and the octaves. Jesus. Anyway, in other news, I'm starting tap dance this week. I cannot wait. I booked it ages ago and bought myself some really cute gold tap shoes because, you know, I have to look cute if I'm going to be doing the things. And um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to getting back to tap dancing. I did it while I was at Brit school and I was pretty, I was all right at it, but I know I could be better. I think I was so riddled with insecurities and so much trauma from all the abuse and things like that, that when I was at Brit school, I don't think I was working to my optimum. I definitely was. I definitely wasn't. Um, And this is another thing when we're talking about like knife crime and so many other things. If we are in the, the, the kind of the very throes of trauma, how do you expect us to do our best? Like knife crime is a symptom, as we're saying, of the fact that the executive functions of so many young people have been like, like ruined because of racial trauma. And the many ways that it shows up in our society. So they will turn the violence that they see outside in on themselves. And so the only way that we can help is by addressing the trauma, addressing the violence around so that the violence within can be quelled. It sounds really woo-woo, but I really, really believe that that's the way that we need to go with a lot of these things. So um, anyway, I've just, I feel like I'm going around in circles just telling you all of these things, but I just feel like there's so much to say. I'm not going to sing that song. Um, but yeah, I'm doing the things that make me feel joyful. I feel like I've really been through it all my life. I've had to fight no color purple. And I am actively diligently putting myself in spaces for joy. It is just so necessary. And that is what I'm doing. And gold tap shoes to tap dance, not in a coonish way, 
<laughs> is the way to go. I'll just be doing. You have to know the joy for me because, or if or sometimes in society, and this is why, you know, I eschew um, that whole activism uh, label and all of those labels because people only want to know black women to struggle. And even then when they want to give you these stupid titles of, oh, queen, queen, it's not a queen that's regal. It's a queen that represses her emotions and remains stoic and doesn't give anything. Um, She doesn't express what she's truly going through. So to be of comfort to usually the men around her, I don't roll like that. If I've got something to say, baby, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. But right now it's just about leaning into that joy. So Yeah, lots of things. And also we had the solar eclipse in Aries, which is my first house as an Aries rising. So I was so tired. Went to watch Super Mario, like I said, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed watching Super Mario. Took Lev to go and watch it because BAFTA were doing some screenings. And as a BAFTA member, as a BAFTA member, (laughs) look at me. Like, this is why you know the glory of God, because... I have not been in a motherfucking thing. I have not been in a feature. I have not been in a BAFTA winning short. But when God says that I'm going to enter certain places, I'm definitely going to enter those places. Don't ever fucking get it twisted. Okay. So as a BAFTA member, um, I took Lev to one of the screenings that they'd organized and he absolutely loved it. And so that was Sunday, Monday. I know I did something Tuesday. Then I was at the London book fair. I'm sure I'm forgetting all my things. Oh, sorry. There is going to be a live show in Birmingham, an SYMposium, also known as a symposium. There will be a live show in Birmingham in June. Mark your calendars. It's going to be, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday, 17th of June, we'll be having a live show in Birmingham. So Brum, you better get ready. Okay. And I need some freshly baked hard dough bread as well. Freshly baked hard dough bread, because we don't really have bakeries like that. Like the, you know, the Caribbean bakeries, we don't really have them like that anymore in London. And I blame the Tories. I really do. I blame the Tories and I blame Theresa May for what she did to the Windrush generation. And Amber Rudd, you two are there as well, dickhead. I blame you all because now I can't get a decent hard dough bread. Can't get a decent hard dough loaf. Yeah, fresh, fresh. We used to have Mixed Blessings Bakery, didn't we? In On Woolworth Road. I swear it's not there anymore. But like, oh my God, am I being disrespectful? Is it still there? But back in the day, anyway, there used to be queues. We would queue up to get fresh, fresh bread from Mixed Blessings. And then you lot just came and fucked it. You just fucked it for us. And that's why as black people, I feel like we are struggling. Like we are miserable in London, especially Southeast London. We are miserable. We are upset because Mixed Blessings Bakery that was giving us the fresh hard dough bread, gone. I hope that they're gone and I haven't made it up. But really, there aren't any lines like that anymore, is what I'm saying. I'm sure there are other bakeries because I feel like people who are from other areas of South or East or North or, I don't know, maybe you've got your bakeries. But all I'm saying is that the Tories robbed us of so much. And one of the things that they robbed us of is hard dough bread, freshly baked hard dough bread. Because I know that you can go to like the supermarkets and you can buy hard dough bread and you can, you know, go to the market and get all of these things, but they're not fresh. 
Even Agege Bread, Agege Bread is even struggling. Agege Bread is struggling because of the immigration laws. Sorry, I've gone off on one. What I was going to say is that I went to the London Book Fair. I was in conversation with my baby boy, Dapo Adeola, who was illustrator of the fair. And also happy birthday to you, baby boy. Big man, big man, big man. Um, And it was an honor to be the person like interviewing him, essentially having a conversation with him about his journey so far. Um, And I don't say it enough. I don't think you know how important Dapo is in my life. A lot of the things that you see me doing now, even with Edge of Here, and, um, you know, just anything that you see me doing with publishing really came about because of Dapo. And when I was in conversation with him, I was just watching this black man, this black man talking about all of the things that he's done in his career so far. And what I noted was just the abundance, this, the way that he's a Taurus, he's a Taurus son. So of course he works from a place of abundance, but a Taurus son That's why he's blessed materially because the material abundance that he experiences also congratulations on your book deal, um, your series, um, Dapo, big up yourself, two slaps on your chest. Um, because he's a generous person is what I'm really trying to say. My mind is everywhere. My mind, oh God, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. Um, I'm just turning this camera back on. It decided to switch off. Um, he works from such a place of abundance. He's generous. He's the one that put me onto my literary agent. So we have the same literary agent, Sally-Ann, Sally-Ann Sweeney. Um, I told him that I wanted to write something. He said, let me introduce you to Sally-Ann and the rest is history. And at every point when he was um, putting together Joyful Joyful, which was an anthology about black joy um, that we, he put together illustrators and authors to work together. Again, he was he told me about it from when he was even thinking about it before he even became a thing. And he said to me, do you want to write for it? Like he's always been putting me on. And when I tell you I love that man, I love him so much. He's like a fantastic friend. He's a fantastic, I think he's just a great representation of a black man. And if I were the kind of person that would call men kings, I would definitely call him a king. I think I've called black men kings before. But like the true version, not the hotepery, that is a king to me. He's a king to me. With his high top and the fade on the side of his head And the pen that he draws with in his hand Chocolate King to me There you have it, my rendition A beautiful song, off the top, just like that Anyway, London Book Fair was brilliant to be at, to experience because of Dapo. Then the next day I was hosting, um, I was in conversation with Michaela Loach, who has written um, It's Not That Radical, a book discussing climate justice and, and uh, you know, it's a call to action. And it was amazing to be in conversation with uh, Michaela. Michaela, I love your mum. Let your let her know that. I definitely want to go with her on the walking. So Michaela's mum has um, a, a group, a walk, a black women's group where they go walking, uh, hiking, whichever one. I definitely want to be on board. I've got my walking shoes, my hiking shoes from when I went to Peru, para, Peru donde para. And so 
I would love to, you know, clean. I should really clean them. I've really just left them outside my flat and I have not cleaned these boots since I got back. I'm a mess. I'm a mess right now. Can't believe I lost you. Lost my best friend, my soulmate. Can't believe it's true. Anthony Hamilton, please. Please come to London. Please. I just need, even if it's a private gig, just for me only, I need it. If I'm going to survive this year, I need an Anthony Hamilton gig. Please. Please. Not Anthony Hamilton, who's Lewis Hamilton's father. I don't think he performs in that way. I'm talking about the singer. Okay, please. Um, so busy time, busy time. Um, did all of that. Saturday was when I went to the Stephen Lawrence Memorial because today's Sunday. So Saturday's when I went, which was yesterday, went to the Stephen Lawrence Memorial and um, it was commemorating the uh, 30 years since his murder. Um, murdered by racists in Eltham, Southeast London. Five people were involved, five white men, and only two went to jail. The other three just out here doing what they want. The two that are in jail, um, I think they're up for parole soon. And I know that we're talking about like abolished prisons, but while prisons are still in existence, they need to stay there. They need to stay there as far as I'm concerned, remain there. That's all I have to offer in this situation. They must remain there. Um, yeah. Oh gosh, that memorial service was really, really something. Sadiq Khan spoke. Uh, Mark Rowley, who's the commissioner of police, he was there. I think he was in a front row. Um, Rishi Sunak was meant to be there. Really glad he didn't show up. Him and his short self. I don't think he would have even been able to reach the lectern or the whatever that place was, the the pulpit. He, he, I think he would have like got burned up immediately Like the, the angels would have just gone And just He would have disintegrated he, I, don't, I don't know if, uh, Yeah, anyway um, He was meant to it, From the program It looked like he was meant to read An excerpt from Nelson Mandela's A Long Walk to Freedom And I just think it's so interesting How we bastardize The work and the 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 efforts of our revolutionaries, essentially. While I have my personal feelings about Nelson Mandela and how Winnie Mandela was treated, when we just focus on the fact that this man was held in prison for decades, he was held in prison for decades for simply having the audacity to want black people in South Africa, the the indigenous people of South Africa, to be treated well, but the colonizers did not want to treat them well. And so you kept him, you put him in prison for that. And yet he then writes this book while apartheid and all of these things are going. And he writes this book when he's out and he talks about his um, experiences and he's saying everybody should come together right now over me. He's doing all of that. And then you lot are really using it. You that have the most hateful policies, you that have not changed, you, you have not changed your behavior, the same kind of behavior that he experienced that led to him being imprisoned. You have not changed that behavior. You still behave in that way, but you have the audacity, the temerity, the gall to now reason excerpt. Uh, baby, I'm so glad you didn't show up, Rishi Rishi, Rishi, I'm so glad you did not show up Okay Because the vibes that I feel towards him Like I said in a video that I made Like you would, like, you would just fall down immediately Gosa, Gosa. There isn't a single one of my enemies that can say that they're really still standing No Elton John So, like, 
I just thought that was interesting. With all my savvy quotes, no, I'm. I was gonna let me finish my thought. With all my savvy quotes, with all my baby girlism, when I transition and I go to another dimension, possibly to go and chill and catch vibes with the ancestors, do not let a single motherfucker try to use my words, misinterpret my words, um, when they're doing a fuckery. Do not mention me. Keep my name out your dusty, stinking mouth. Okay, don't, don't. Because it's funny, these silly, silly cunts, you never see them like quoting Malcolm X. You never see them like quoting Fred ha- Freddie Hampton. You don't see them quoting them, man. You why? Go and quote them. Go and quote them. But you don't. You don't. You like the MLK. You like Nelson Mandela. You're like, yes. Desmond Tutu, yes. Because you don't actually want to do any work. You want to remain in a space of, and we can't even call it a space of inaction because you're active with your oppression. You're just not, you're inactive when it comes to positive change, but you're active with your oppression. And that just makes me sick. What time is it? Let me not talk too much. Oh, I've got to get going anyway. So, um, yeah, Rishi, glad you didn't make it. Keir Starmer was there. Sadiq Khan was there. Sadiq Khan, um, gave a speech or made a speech, whichever one you want to call it. And initially when he talked about Stephen Lawrence's murder, He talked about the McPherson report um, that was uh, commissioned as a result of um, Stephen Lawrence's murder and uh, that the McPherson report said that the Met Police is institutionally racist. But he said was institutionally racist. And I was like uh, muttering under my breath, like is, is, is institutionally racist. And then he continued, continued his speech because my blood was boiling. And then he said, but the Met Police remains institutionally racist. And I said that if you want your third term, there are two things you need to do, Sadiq, Uluwatunji Khan. If you want your third term in this London as London mayor, let me tell you something. <laughs> you made it by the, the skin of your teeth <laughs> that second time with Sean Bailey and that YouTuber. Them lot had you on the ropes. If you want this third term to be a success, two things. One, make your way onto this podcast immediately. Stop being scared of me. I don't bite. I wouldn't bite you. You're short. Um, second thing Keep telling the truth Keep telling the truth Because lies, I promise you Lies will not suffice 2026 We're going to see major things By like, We will see so many things transformed Between now and 2026 Do not be on the losing team ho Start telling the truth Keep, remain, keep telling the truth That is all you're being asked to do it was lovely to see Doreen Lawrence that's like two Saturdays in a row. I always give her space. I read, I don't go up to her. I even went up to her on Saturday and I was just like, thank you for everything that you've done. And even that felt a bit like, oh, like I just want to leave her alone. Cause when people say like, oh, you're so strong, you're so resilient, you're so da-da-da-da about her, all I see is sadness. Like this country snatched her son away from her. And then she's been working and working and working ever since to change the way that this country operates. And then when Stuart Lawrence, her son, Stephen Lawrence's brother, um, he gave the opening speech at the memorial and he said, would you believe that after everything my mum's done, she still has to go to work. She doesn't have much money to her name. And I said, what? How can you, how can you snatch somebody's son's life? And after giving title of Baroness this, 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 she still cannot rest. This woman cannot rest. And this is what I'm saying about you lot only knowing black women to struggle, struggle and praising us for struggle. She should not, after everything that this woman has been through, she should not 
not have things. You know, like, I know she strikes me as wanting to work, but at the same time, I see such sadness and tiredness. Like, she deserves rest. Doreen Lawrence deserves rest. And I I really commend, like, her public uh, expression of just poise. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but her poise, because me... I would have dragged you lot by your shirt collars. I would have dragged, like, we, ooh, ooh, ooh. And that's probably why I wouldn't have gotten as far as she did with her movement, with, with, with wanting change, with doing all of the things that she's got. I would not have gotten as far as she has, I guess, I guess. Because how are we having prime minister after prime minister after prime minister? And th- what has, what happened has still not been, we, we still have not seen justice. Three out of five men, do the maths, three out of five men that caused that murder are just out, out, and everybody knows. Ha! Woo, baby. Let me not, let me not. Anyway, let's do a bit of tarot before I get up out of here. Um, Basically, I've got an interview for you before I go on further. I've got an interview for you with um, Araba, who is um, amazing. And um, we talk, we talk about spirituality. We talk about wonderful things. So you're going to hear that in the Share Your Magnificent section. Um, And I think I'll just give you two, two stories for So You Mad and Straw of the Week because I need to be up out of here. Yeah. Um. So anyway, tarot. I've done I've done a really cute setup for tarot this week. If you're watching on YouTube, which I encourage you to do because um the podcast won't come out on in audio every week until 4:44 p.m. I believe so, 4:44 p.m. every Monday, but the YouTube will premiere, sorry, the video will premiere on YouTube at 11:11 11 a.m. So just bear that in mind. Um let me see. Who shall we choose? What shall we sing today? Today, oh, I will lift up my hands in praise. Goody back, goody back. Almighty God, you are always there for me. Oi. <laughs> the churches need to see me, you know. The church, I would bring such a vibe to the churches, but they haven't seen me in a minute. You know, I was thinking today, did I say already when I started recording that today's the anniversary of um, my pregnancy loss when I had my miscarriage? Maybe I didn't say that. Um, also, also trigger warning, bloody hell. Um, and I look at my life now compared to 2018 and I'm so in awe of what, God can really, really do when, and your ancestors, your spirit guides, what they can really, really do to hold you when you are absolutely broken and they help you put the pieces of you back together ever so slowly because you had them jumbled up anyway because of the trauma and everything else that happened in your life. Your image of yourself was pretty jumbled up anyway. So then something like that happens and then you fall completely apart, but it offers you the opportunity to kind of put yourself back in a more, um, cohesive way. So, you know, big up my spirit, baby. Love you, Bab. 
Anyway, let's get into this. I've chosen this letter that says, Hi, Kelechi, I hope you are doing well, that you are replenished, resting, and feeling loved because you are love personified. That's so beautiful. Thank you. I remember going to your pole dancing classes when you used to have a studio in Clapton. I later came, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to pause one second to just say something. Oh my God. I was about to forget coming from the memorial. Are you not? I looked, I looked sensationale also known as sensational. What? That was the bit I was about to forget about the Stephen Lawrence Memorial. Because in the invite, it said day dress. And I understand day dress to be something that's usually below your knees or past your knees. And um, usually it would be accompanied by a fascinator or a hat or some kind of headpiece. So I brought it. I was giving 1950s glam. I gave the high-waisted full skirt you know, and then I, you know, a little uh, bodysuit that was off the shoulder, all black, blacked out. I had heels from Kurt Geiger. I swear I bought in about 2009, if I'm not mistaken. And they round toe court shoes, suede with a gold heel. No, don't play with me. This is the thing. Don't play with a baby girl because when it comes to style, I'm a fucking Libra son. I'm like, what? With a south node in Libra So it means like this This is second nature to me This is second nature to me Okay Now previously The ancestor girlies Only gave me a quota of five Stunning looks a year Maybe they've increased that Ever so slightly Because what I've been doing recently Call me Pac-Man Because I've been up, 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 up I've been eating And leaving no crumbs I will say that for myself Before my enemies say it for me I'll say it for myself I've been eating Eight Ah Um, 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 um. Yes Then My fascinator My headpiece I had it made by Christine's Atelier They're based in Nigeria Because whatever you see me wearing There will usually be Some kind of West African designer Somewhere, somewhere Somewhere, somewhere there will be. It was orange because the Stephen Lawrence uh, colors is, is orange and black and white from what I see. And so I thought I'm going to do an orange fascinator. They made it, sent it out to me. Unfortunately, during transit, it got squashed. Um, and I had to let them know that I was going to buy another one from Etsy. That was like a fraction of the price um, to mitigate what had happened. Um, I thought I ordered it from Etsy, but the way that my mind has been so busy, I actually put it in my basket, but never ordered it. So I was waiting for it to arrive. I was like, what's taking so long? I haven't had a dispatch notice. Because I didn't order it But I feel like that was God I wasn't meant to order it Because I was meant to wear this exact hat And so I went and figured out a way I mean, they helped me um, from Nigeria Sending me like screenshots and things So I was able to steam the fascinator back to life And I wore it And I genuinely felt beautiful You know, like I feel like I need to own that Because sometimes I wear things And I do things And I just don't feel cute Like people are like Oh, you look flamey You look fire But I don't feel it I felt beautiful Like regal Like not in that queen sense But just like Woo! The fit was fitting No necklace Because I was giving neck Pause But but I had earrings Packed my braids back um, 
Mata, my baby girl, did my makeup. She made sure that the face was beat to the gods. And um, I just wanted to share that, that I looked amazing. And as usual, I didn't take photos or really make a video really. But future lover, come on in. Sorry, that song just came to my head. Um, yeah, I I loved it. I loved that for me. I love that for me. So Christine's Atelier, they make beautiful fascinators. If you want to um, get your hats or for whatever occasion from a black owned brand, a West African brand, a Nigerian brand, that's my recommendation. But obviously you hope that your one doesn't get squashed in a post and then you have to like put it back together. But still, it looked amazing once I was done. Um, sorry, I, I, yeah, I've had to say that. But what I wanted to say about that is that so I stood out. Because clearly a lot of the people didn't follow the dress code and that's fine. But us Libras, us Libras will usually follow the dress code and then, you know, leave it where it's at. You know, we will surpass the dress code. That's just what we do. But um, I find it so fascinating, the black women who are intimidated by me. Like there's one from some kind of archive. I don't even want to flame her up because this is the second time she's a weirdo. I saw her at the... Um, black, what is it? The black world reimagine. I've forgotten the name of the thing. You know, when they were the globes, you know, when I went to um, Westminster Abbey and there were the globes that black people had um, taken a brief about uh, ah, something reimagined. It's gone out of my mind. But anyway, I was there and she moved very waywardly then as well. And her ankles were dry. And I was just like, don't look her. I'm like, don't look for my trouble. Don't. Mother Ayahuasca has really been trying to reconfigure my heart space. Don't slow down that process. Don't. Don't do it. Because you, I, I don't, you know, like, it's such mean girl energy. I don't roll really with mean girl energy. I don't have a clique like that. I don't roll with other women where like you're just uh, 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 about people and then when you see them you start doing this thing like first of all I'm rarely ever going to come up to anybody so I just move through the spaces but you know when your eye catches certain people trying to do certain things and you're like this is such secondary school behavior like this is such high school behavior you lot are big women you're big women and you're working at certain institutions but you're moving like cunts like you're moving like dickheads and I'm not the one that you want to do that with because I'll take you and the institution down so let's all respect ourselves if you over there want to work for the OG colonizer and try to help him rebrand, you do that over there. If you over there want to collect um, history, um, but you know, and do this and do that, but you're not even putting it together properly, you do that over there. But one thing you shouldn't do, like, how are you having a portrait session about people who have contributed to black British culture? You've invited every Tom, Dick and Harry that's your friend, but somehow I missed out, but it's my friend who is involved in a project that has to come and, um, invite me or involve me. You're going to go too far with your misbehavior. And when you go too far, that is when you'll really learn who the mad person is in this situation. Don't do it. Don't do it. It seems like to behave like that, your self-esteem is already on the ropes. But the thing is, mama will tell me to knock you out. Spiritually. Behave. 
Anyway, let's get to this before I jet off. Um, hi, Kalechi. I hope you're doing well, that you are replenished, resting, and feeling loved because you are love personified after I just finished dragging someone. Yes. I remember going to your pole dancing classes when you used to have a studio in Clapton. I later came across you again via the podcast in 2020 and I became hooked. I do sometimes slide into your DMs to say, hello, um, Handle, okay, I've seen your handle My sisters and I love coming to your live shows We have our tickets for September and cannot wait boop, boop. Being a Cancer sun, oh nice, Mars is going to be near your sun Capricorn moon, oh Pluto is going back and forth with you And Scorpio rising, ow Life has been interesting to say the least Feeling everything intensely can be draining I've always been someone who has been very work focused As I believed that the success and money that came with it Would provide me with access and safety that I craved Then 2020 came and it has become the biggest shedding of my life Having to slow down gave me time to feel I left my workplace of five years in April 2022 And without much downtime I backslided with the slowing down Starting a new job fell ill and had a blood transfusion due to heavy periods. I then underwent surgery to alleviate the heavy periods and increase my chance of getting pregnant. I was going to say as a Scorpio rising um, that your fourth house, is it? Um, That would be Aquarius, I think. So then, yeah, I think, you've, yeah. You, this is looking good basically um, I'm at a place where I'm feeling very lost Lost in my career Feeling shackled with having to pay bills etc Makes a lot of um, decisions I want to make difficult I was someone who was a daydreamer And I believed I could touch the stars Doing life on this planet has knocked a lot of uh, that dreamer spirit out of me I would love to have a one-to-one tarot reading with you, but I understand that you are really busy. So should pick, so should you pick this email for SYM, I would also be so grateful. I feel a lack of clarity. I'm fearful of having a child. I want to leave my job, but not sure what, where to go or what to do. Most of my trepidation around these moves around my, are around money and a fear of struggling. As for the majority of my childhood up to recently has been a struggle financially. I have felt like I could never fully enjoy my money just in case I hadn't, um, Non, I had no net I now have a job that provides me with some financial relief But I'm unhappy where I am It feels like all areas of my life need a decision And for the first time in my life I'm at a loss of what to do A request to spirit is Please shed some light and provide me with much needed clarity I would love for this phase of my life to be more um, To be of more ease, more love and purpose I've included a link and attached a screenshot of my birth chart for reference. Woo! That's a lot. Yeah, I thought your fourth house was Aquarius. Like, you'll you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Um, I wonder if there was some kind of distance between um, your mum and you, um, or your mum and your dad, it looks like here. Um, and that would have affected you and your siblings. Looking at your third house um, And you've got Mars and Scorpio in the, first, in the first house And Saturn there with you as well With that Saturn in the first house um, And which for you is Scorpio A lot of your life will feel like shedding And letting go of things I'm just going to switch now to um, Another scene Let's go 
I'm just going to start pulling the tarot. So I'm just switching the camera because now I've got two cameras going, baby. Yeah. So a lot of your life will feel, oh, first card. We've got the Ace of Swords and then we've got the Ten of Cups. Yeah, a lot of your life will feel like shedding. It will feel like you're letting things go. And um, a lot of the things that you're wanting and hoping for in life, for you, will just take a bit longer to arrive. But I feel like the time is now. For a lot of Scorpio Risings, 2020, um, from 2020, things just felt really, really tough. Especially the Scorpio Risings that ha- who have Saturn in the first house. And I feel like that usually speaks to like how your father um, would have, like the opinions of your father, whether there or not, um, their, their presence or lack thereof when you were growing up would have um, impacted a lot of how you go about doing things and and in a way feeling like somewhere, somehow you still want their validation. Um, but don't hold your, yourself back. Like in terms of, this fear of lack that you have. What's mad is that just looking at your chart again with your second house and then what we've got for your eighth house, Cancer. So it's no, your um, eighth house is Gemini. Um, More is coming for you, but with uh, the second house, being Sagittarius for you, I feel like a a lot of the things for you will come from what you go on to learn. The more you learn, the more you earn. There's nothing to be scared of. Yeah. The cards that come out for you are very, very clear. So we've got the Ace of Swords here. We've then got the, um, so we've got the Ace of Swords here. Then we've got the Ten of Cups. And then we've got the Queen of Pentacles in reverse and we've got the Tower in reverse. I'm getting used to having a camera to show you the cards. So if it looks very higgy, you've got to bear with me. I'll get used to this over time. Um, and the tower in reverse. This is saying that a lot of the things that, yeah, a lot of the things that you're experiencing, they're in that you're imagining. That's not to say that your fears aren't from a place of like trauma or anything like that, but a lot of it you have it's more in the mind. And None of that's going to happen to you. Your The Ten of Cups speaks to not really having to worry about the whole children thing. Like ease up on yourself, like really ease up on yourself. You've done the things that you need to do in terms of the surgery, for the heavy periods and things like that. You've done all of that. So give yourself a break. When you relax, I feel like these things will happen. This is a good time for it to happen for you. I know a few Scorpio Risings um, who have gotten pregnant or gotten people pregnant um accidentally or otherwise whatever they might want to say but um yeah it seems to be happening for the Scorpio rising so if that's something that you want um and I've looking at your chart I definitely see it as possible then just hold on like just relax because the tower in reverse is just like you're all right. Like you're okay. The queen of pentacles in, in reverse is speaking to the fact that you have so much worth. You have so much talent. You have so much to tap into, but you're just kind of like scared. And um, yeah, just, you shouldn't be, you, you're all right. Um, let's get a card from you from the wisdom of the Oracle deck. Let's see what it says here from the wisdom of the Oracle deck. 
What card have you got? Okay, let's add this to it. So the card you've got is Oyin. I'll just place that on top here so you can see it. Oh, there we go. Oyin. All right, let's see what it says for Oyin. That's number two. Gorgeous. It says here, oh, oh, it's meant to say Yin. Sorry. They did, the typography makes it look like Oyin, which is honey in Yoruba. But um, it says here anyway, Yin, sorry, Yin. The feminine principle of receptivity, letting someone else make the first move, gathering information and taking in cues, um, the art of conscious allowing. The Oracle's message, this is a time of calculated receptivity. Told you, relax. Um, as you gracefully await um, what is coming to you, ready to accept it when it appears. Yin does not involve frozen, go back to here. Yin does not involve um, frozen dreams or even resting, but rather consciously, I said relax and rest, but yeah. Um, but rather consciously allowing things to flow to you. Poised to receive the bounty that will be made available to you. It implies sensitivity as you alertly study the actions of others and contemplate how they will affect you and yours. Remember, you must make space for miracles to appear. Be the shaped, not the shaper, and you'll see how quickly your dreams manifest. And I like that for you. Prosperity message says This is a time when the most effective action Is to allow others to show you the way forward Observe their behaviour and follow their lead Your desire to push through Must take a back seat for now Exactly Collaborate and offer your ideas Rather than dictating what must happen Let others come to you It's important that you they feel they have power now. Another meaning is about releasing your need to have things in a form of um, in the form you want. How do you want to feel? Basking in your success. Now allow the universe to show you the form. Yin is the sign of essence. Things may go more smoothly than you expect. Exactly. You're, I feel like you're stressed out because things aren't appearing as you want them to appear, as you're expecting them to appear, but actually everything is all is on its way to you. And Saturn being there um, in your first house means that, yeah, you've had to go through a lot of being shaped in order to receive and hold the things that you are calling for. So ease up on yourself. I genuinely feel like that is the message to just ease up on yourself and allow the changes that are taking place, allow the shedding to happen so that the things that you want meet you at meet your very essence, not the layers of trauma, not the layers of um, fretting and anxiety and all of those things. They meet you, the essence of you. Yeah. The, 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 the core, beautiful, beautiful version of you. That is what they meet. So yeah, take your time. Like it's, it's all good. That was very easy for me to do because <laughs> there isn't, there isn't much to it. Like you're all right. You're genuinely all right. So that is that for the tarot. I pray that it resonates. Um, and yeah, so, well, I guess now I will let us go to my chat with um, Araba Ofori Aqua. Um, it was great. Like, I definitely want you to um, experience this conversation about her book, African-Centered Wellness. Um yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So um, I'm going to cut to it now. Go and enjoy. Araba, lovely, lovely, lovely to be speaking with you, doing all of the things I love 
a wellness girly. I love it. <laughs> like true, true actual, actual wellness. Not this higgy hagger, but like true actual <laughs> wellness where you're like, no, let's return to source. Like, 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 let's go back. Let's go back to what we know. And so I'm so glad that we actually get to talk about that. Like, me too. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> yes. Um. So... You went from a marketing executive. I say went from. I feel like when you're a healer, you're a healer. It's whether you mm. remember that you're a healer or not. Exactly. Exactly so, that. So from being a marketing a marketing executive to remembering your healing um capabilities, your powers, your divinity, what was that journey like? Mm. You know, it's so interesting because it's exactly as you say, like if you're a healer, you're a healer. Um but I think something that I've heard so many healers say when they're talking about their journey is this whole um, experience of basically things hitting rock bottom, going through the dark night of the soul, then going on your own healing journey. And then through that, remembering who you are. Um, so it was, you know, it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty typical story. But that's what happened with me. I was, um, you know, I was this ambitious career girl like always chasing promotion always doing extracurricular activities like every single job I had I was the social secretary always planning the work dues um also doing like competitive cheerleading and running a blog yeah I was just doing all the things I was doing too much honestly I was doing everything um but, you know, it was all under this guise of hashtag girl boss, like, oh, I'm doing this because I'm just so ambitious. Um, and that was part of it, definitely. But looking back, I really recognize that so much of it was driven by anxiety and a need to just keep doing, keep going to avoid having to actually sit with my thoughts and having to deal with things like the chronic insomnia I had for five, six years, having to deal with the panic attacks, having to deal with intrusive thoughts, you know? Um, So, you know, as I'm sure you're also familiar with, you can only run away from these things for so long. (laughs) Yeah. And then your body is like, okay, I've tried the insomnia. I've tried the panic attacks. I've tried making you pass out at random times and you're still not listening to me. So I'm just going to shut this show down. Like we're just not doing it. And so that happened to me around age 25, 20, I think it was 25. Um, And I just went into the deepest depression I had ever experienced and have ever experienced since. Um, And, you know, the thing that was the wake up call for me, which in retrospect is actually quite sad. It wasn't even necessarily how I felt or the fact that I couldn't really even look after myself anymore or that I stopped doing all the things I enjoyed. For me, the wake-up call was when my doctor signed me off work because I was so identified with this this image as a career girl that for work to be taken away was like, oh, I guess this is kind of serious, (laughs) you know. Um, So I was signed off work and during that time I was put on antidepressants and that basically gave me um, what I needed to then be able to do things like go to therapy, um, restart yoga, you know, eat properly, shower, like all those things that I just could not 
get myself to do before. So compressing a few years of healing into a quick sentence, I did the therapy, I did the yoga, I read the personal development books, I watched the personal development videos, I even went to Tony Robbins and walked on the hot coals, like I did all the things. Yeah, I did all the things that like you're supposed to do on your healing journey. And, um, you know, eventually, plus also having an amazing support system, I did get better. And I think going on that journey helped me to it helped me to understand who I actually am beyond all of these labels I had given myself with career girl what else um but also really helped me to understand that one of the biggest keys to my healing was connecting with my heritage and connecting with my culture and connecting with my ancestors um so that all of that together kind of is what I guess pushed me back on the path of my inkrabia, which is the Akan concept of divine destiny. And it's something that each of us has our own unique divine destiny, which is guarded, um, you know, depending on your belief system, either guarded by your soul or guarded by your ori or guarded by whatever is guarded by a spiritual part of you. And this world that we live in just continually tries to knock us off and make us forget. Um, but for me, that healing journey, it really just helped me to to align with my path. And that's where I am now. <laughs> and I love that because I think that exactly what you've experienced, uh, that you've shared with us, those experiences, so many, so many of us, have gone through that mm-hmm. same thing. Whether we come out of it and go, boom, what I want to do is to be um, in this healing practice or whether it's like, no, I'm going to go back to that nine to five, but I'm going back as a, a, a more whole version of myself. Exactly. Elected version of myself. Like I picked up the pieces of myself and I'm back together. And this is mm-hmm. what I want to do. We've been there. And I just feel like that untetheredness that we feel where we're just sort of flailing desperately flailing and then the body is just like hey (laughs) not the mode we are meant to be in like this mode of trauma is not what we're meant to be in and um it being so important that it was that connection back to um our ancestral practices Mm -hmm. that sort of grounded you Mm -hmm. um and at the same time grounding you and then elevating you I feel like yeah I think that, you know, it's similar for me, especially when it comes to Ifa, um, as Mm. you know about cosmology, like knowing that this groundedness, a sense of belonging, I think that that stands out. And is that what you felt suddenly? Oh, I belong. Exactly. Because the thing is, you know, and again, I think it was similar for you. It's similar for so many of us. When we go on this healing spiritual journey, of course, initially we will connect with things like yoga. We'll connect with Eastern philosophies because it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. And I, a hundred percent, it's not that I don't think black people can elevate with those things. I think people can elevate with whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is something. Um, additional something different that happens when you connect with a spiritual path that is literally encoded in your DNA like everything our ancestors knew everything they did um you know science is saying that yes trauma can be encoded in your DNA but if trauma can be encoded in your DNA then surely your gifts your knowledge your wisdom your spiritual experiences can also be encoded in your DNA right so 
if we are practicing, um, for example, yoga, something that maybe a few of our ancestors practice, but is not really like deep into our um into our ancestry and then on the other hand we start to connect with Aoife, Yoruba cosmology, something that is as I said encoded in our DNA from centuries back, there is of course going to be a different experience Um, and I think that that's actually something that's really important to for black people to note that can be quite different from what the western version of eastern philosophy teaches us because a lot of the time it teaches us to ignore the body basically Mm -hmm. and be all in the spirit all in the mind but in african cosmologies there's all these different parts of the self and your body is as important as your spirit is as important as your guardians you know so if we're able to do things that tap into our body in the form of connecting with our ancestors i just think it's it has the power to to elevate us and ground us, as you said, so much deeper than certain other practices can. Yeah. And also, I've forgotten your question, but hopefully somewhere <laughs> in there I answered it. <laughs> well, you did. You did. That sense of belonging. It's like we belong to that lineage. And um, you talk about like the um, sort of um, matrilineal lineage as well. Mm. Usually when people speak to me and they're like, oh, um, what's your name? Kelechi, Kelechi Okafo. Oh, Igbo girl, Igbo <laughs> Well, yeah, my dad's Igbo. Yeah. I grew up mainly with my mum, so I'm more leaning on the Yoruba. No, you are from where your father is from. What do you mean? Oh my gosh, I, that's I, so I, funny. Oh, calm down. I'm from both of them. Well, wherever mm. they're from, I'm from. But actually, when it comes to Ifa, they trace you by your mother. They trace mm. you. And, and that would make sense since that's where I was created. Like that's the, right. in her, like her womb. So of course right. that's how you trace me back. And that's where I feel like that was where all of the gifts were kind of imparted into you and all of these things happened. Mm. It's just weird when it's just like, oh no, it's by your father. It's by your father where, yeah, it can, you know, you get things from both people. You get this yeah. from both people. But I feel like on a spiritual level, they trace you by your mother. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it's just the same in Akan. Yeah, Akan is also matrilineal. Actually, let me not speak for the whole Akan group because there are subgroups within Akan and sometimes they're a little bit different. So I'm Fante, which is one of the subgroups and it is matrilineal, matrilineal yeah. Um, and... I get it. You know, I get it. I feel like we oftentimes when you challenge patriarchy and what we see in society today, men will say, yeah, but what do you, what we don't know what came before? Well, Mm. we kind of do. We kind of do. You just don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't like that version, but we definitely do know what before. Um, And so I, I love that. And especially when you say, the body is important. I, when you're told like, oh, detach from the body, forget the body because that, no, 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 no. Because in Ifa, it tells us that this is your vehicle. Like fam, Mm -hmm. this is your vehicle in this marketplace that you've entered called earth. This thing, this body you're in is what allows you to go and sell your wares. Like that allows Mm -hmm. you to go and, um, you know, uh, kind of realize and manifest the, your destiny. So you 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 need a body to do exactly. that. Exactly. You would just have stayed in the spiritual realm. Like, what are you talking about? Exactly. And it's also interesting because it's also the fact that we're in this body that is also such an important part in our relationship with our ancestors. Because 
you know another area where there's a lot of misconception is that like oh in African spirituality you worship your ancestors and that's not the case at all it's actually a symbiotic relationship <clears throat> excuse me where we um you know we are blessed to be able to connect with our ancestors because we can learn from them as we've kind of already touched on but also they're in the spirit world so they might be able to share information with us that we wouldn't have otherwise they might be able to you know petition the creator for us but they need us too because they don't have a body <laughs> you know so like when you'll see people like maybe with their ancestor altar they're putting all kinds of things on there. They're putting cigarettes on there. They're putting alcohol on there because our ancestors are people who have walked to this earth and they know what it's like to have a body and they know what it's like to enjoy the earthly things. And being in the ancestral realm, they can only do that through us because we're able to, you know, physically touch those things and bring them to the altar. So, you know, this idea of the body being irrelevant is just, it just doesn't make sense, especially in an African worldview. It doesn't. It doesn't. We do so much um, with our bodies. And I love your um, perspective on that because that is literally why they ask for certain things. Like some ancestors will be like, go and get sweets. Mm. <laughs> like, what? But you want sweets. Okay. Like, exactly. You know, I put out roses, like white roses are my favorite to put out. Um, water, coffee, some even put like... Mm. You pour out the things that will help them. And if you're like, quick, I need you to help me with something. Okay, you put a bit of pepper, a bit of coffee, like help them help you. Exactly. And I love when you talk about symbiosis because that is exactly what it is. Like we need each other. Otherwise, whatever is happening here, they can't help with Mm. if, you know, there isn't that connection, if there isn't that conversation. Mm. Um, and, And also people having this idea that all ancestors are these like, woo, super calm beings. Some of them still have the energy and the behaviors and the attitudes that they had when they were exactly body. so you that's why you need a consortium like you need a group to help you come to certain decisions because if it was one of your wayward um <laughs> even though they're not in a physical body and they can see way more they can still be wayward so listen dying alone does not give you sense i'll tell you that like just because you're dead doesn't mean you're now wise and I think that's also like obviously we're laughing and making a joke out of it but it's actually really important because if you are gonna start calling on your ancestors you can't just like open the door and be like oh all of you all of my ancestors come through because you wouldn't do like if you think about the real world right let's say you're having um a family party or like no let's not say family party because there's obligations and things there let's say like you've just moved into a new house right you're going to invite certain family members so they can come and see where you live and all of that. You're not going to invite all of them because some of them are not nice people. Some of them are bad vibes. Some of them, like, you don't want them in your house. And that's just facts. It doesn't matter that they're family, right? So it has to be the same thing with your ancestors. You can't just make an altar and be like, yes, anyone who's ever been related to me, please come, <laughs> you know, because... They will discombobulate that altar. Oh, also. gosh. <laughs> it will be drama and drama. drama. There'll just be fights. There'll be oh. cups are falling over. You're like, I Honestly. don't know what's going on. Because this one that doesn't get along with this one, you were like, yeah, everybody come chill. Like, what exactly. is going to happen? Exactly. So you actually have to get specific and... You know, there's also a lot of people who don't know their ancestors, and that's fine because you can get specific by simply saying, I invite all ancestors who love me unconditionally. Yes. And that automatically creates a certain boundary and a certain barrier. Um, 
you know, I can, you can say, I invite all ancestors who come here in good faith or whatever, just something. You have to, you have to be specific because otherwise. It gets mad. Even with tarot readings, like I, I notice when I forget to do my prayers before my tarot readings for myself, never when I'm reading for other people, but like before I start, I'll say honorable ancestors, ascended masters, like all of the people that, mm-hmm. ride, that care for me, honorable an- ancestors. If you're not honorable, stay away you're not invited (laughs) whenever I don't and I'm trying to get a reading on something I'll just be getting mad answers I'm like Mm. ah I see what's happened here all right you piss off I wasn't too like let's go again so true it's so true and I found that with my writing as well because every time I sat down to write this book I was very aware that like this book isn't about me and it's not really me writing it like I don't have the knowledge and skills to write this book by myself so every time I would sit down to write I would always invoke um you know I say the same thing like ancestors who love me unconditionally please guide me in this writing blah 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 so there'd be times when I'd sit down to write and either the words are not coming or like I'd write something and then I'd read it and I'd be like ah what is this (laughs) like (laughs) delete 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 and then I would realize like, oh, it's because I just rolled out of bed and sat at the computer and I didn't say anything. Let me go back, do my meditation, do my invocation, and then let's start again. Oh, again, yeah. And the difference is so clear. Definitely is. And what you touch on greatly there is spiritual hygiene. It's mm. spiritual hygiene. It's making sure that we do the things that are necessary before we start um, dilly-dallying in the spiritual realm, um, you know, it's around us all of the time, but for us to tune into it like a frequency, you have to turn the dial. You can't just mm. start speaking anyhow or receiving anyhow. You have yeah. to turn the dial to get onto the frequency. Exactly. And that to me is what you're doing by, or we're doing by having that spiritual hygiene. I felt the exact same way when I was writing my short story collection. Um, mm. Anytime I'd go to write and I, w- I wasn't called to write that day, I'd instantly get sleepy. Like I would get so mm. sleepy. Mm. I would not be able to do anything until I was just like okay I get it now we only write when you want to write because ultimately Mm. I am a vessel even when it comes to like making videos on social media one of my most um viral videos even in that video I say um I invite like my ancestors that are knowledgeable and wise you be the ones to speak through me because Mm. let me speak in this place they will arrest me (laughs) (laughs) like use your wisdom to get point across um and that ended up being chat shit get banged so when you talk Mm. about being a vessel um I resonate with it deeply but being a vessel also requires surrender especially in that writing process were there moments where that surrender was just difficult when you're like no 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 I want to write it like I want to do it Mm. I want to live my life like this and he was like "Ah, come back here start again Mm. do you know what that is such a good point I think um in the beginning in the very beginning of the writing process, it was like that because I had, um, you know, I had got this framework. I was like, okay, I'm going to have four pillars of African wellness. And then I like made the pillars. I wrote the chapters that were going to go under the pillars. And, um, you know, it's, it's not super different from what came out, but it is different. And it just got to a point where I was writing and writing and I was like, this is rubbish. Like, this is not like no one needs to see this and I was just finding it really difficult like I even went to other chapters and then came back the other chapters would flow and then I come to um it was basically I had separated music and movement into separate um pillars 
now they're together they're under one so at the time I had them separate like I was just really struggling with those chapters I was struggling in the interviews I was struggling with the writing like it just wasn't making sense um and then yeah I think I just went away from it um for a few days and was just like okay like obviously this isn't working like I just need to like I'm just open to hear how to fix it because I don't know how to fix it um and then I think I might have even been sleeping you know all the best ideas come to us when we're trying to sleep I think I was sleeping and it was like no music and movement are not separate so why are you trying to separate them um and instantly instantly I changed it like I the next day I think I went back to my computer and I was like okay music and movement together as one what does that mean for these chapters um what does that mean for what I wrote here and it just everything just fell into place so that was quite early on in the writing process and then after that I was like okay this is not my book you guys just write it <laughs> and it was much easier after that it's so much easier you're like look me I have tried <laughs> like- yeah come and take come and take the pen they say Jesus or you come and take the pen because I or you know take the typewriter whatever like, it may be because I am not doing this like I look back on the work and I'm like wow you know like you're reading it back you're like raw because it doesn't even feel like it's of you you like exactly that exactly that like even now sometimes I'll read bits of the book and I'm like oh this is really good you know <laughs> <laughs> It's so smart. Yeah, I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But it is because, like, obviously I wrote it, but I, like, I didn't write it alone, you know? So even, like, because I also um, write fiction, or I'm I'm trying, no, I shouldn't say trying, I write fiction as well. So even, like, um, a few, like, flash fiction or short stories I'll go back to um, and read them again. And I'll be like, yo, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> like, this literally slaps. What? Yeah, like, damn, girl. <laughs> but I love that because that kind of sense of wonder that we feel when we are um, co-creating with spirit through, um, you know, with the help of our ancestors as well that is the wonderment that life should feel like, right? And so many people mm. are denied it. As so many um, Black people, um, people of the your African diaspora are denied that access, denied yeah. that wonderment due to the nature of white supremacy or the depravity of white supremacy. Mm. So in terms of like return to source, I mean, we've covered it already, but, you know, in a nutshell, what are you imploring for mm. African diaspora to do with this book and, and with the knowledge that they gain from the book? Mm. I think it's really difficult when talking about wellness for Black people because it can sometimes sound like you're saying, um, yeah, the world is unfair, but like we still have to fix it ourselves. Mm. And that's not what I'm trying to say with this book. <clears throat> What I really want to say with this book is that, you know, we live in an unjust world. We are continually bombarded with messages of um, not being worthy enough, not, um, you know, just just negative messages that we internalize, not just about ourselves, but about our people, our global community. 
So with this book, I wanted to, first of all, have a discussion on our, our identity, you know, Black African identity, and, you know, start to question um, some of the things we might think about ourselves and kind of give us permission to say, oh, yeah, actually, I am African. Because, you know, for people who might be African-American or Jamaican or um, South American or wherever, you know, there's sometimes that question of like, oh, am I allowed to claim being African? Um, or even that distinction between themselves and Africa. And I think that's a big part of um, a lot of our untetheredness that you mentioned earlier. So it's firstly a conversation on the fact that, yeah, we are African and therefore this knowledge, this wisdom, these spiritual parts are our birthright. It doesn't matter where you were physically born. It doesn't matter how many generations your family has been away from the continent. The fruits of the continent are for us. They belong to us. Um, so the book is first a discussion on that. And then it's an exploration of some of these shared traditions. Um, again, you know, it's not saying Africa is a monolith and there's only one way to be African or anything like that. But I think often in trying to undo the misconception that Africa is all just one thing, we sometimes um, do that to the detriment of the many shared traditions that we have. Yes. Yeah. So... It's also a discussion on the shared traditions that we have, the shared belief system that we have, and how we as um, modern Black people living in this globalised world can um, be inspired from those traditions and pick from those traditions to improve our well-being as individuals and as a community. So I really, I want this book to be a tool of belonging. I want a Black person anywhere in the world to read this book and number one, see themselves reflected in it. And number two, see that a wellness and spiritual journey doesn't have to be with philosophies from somewhere else. It can be from the philosophies of your ancestors. And that's even deeper than, you know, adopting someone else's philosophies. Definitely. And considering why there is the resistance to adopt your kind of inherent exactly. practices and who has told you the stories about that, that makes you want to and resist and eschew and like dismiss um, exactly help because in terms of the full title of the book is return to source um unlock the power of african-centered wellness that mm. word unlock to me is so so important because i do believe that it's um our practices our indigenous like our african practices that are the have been the key to our survival for so long if you mm. look at, you know um uh uh, Santeria or you know wherever these um kind of uh, uh different ways that Ifa specifically has been has gone with the people that were taken away exactly and they've made it something and I feel like that was an intrinsic part of their survival and absolutely how is it that people who have been taken so far away managed to keep so well our practices but then us who aren't that far we're like, oh no, it's demonic. Oh no, I can't exactly be that. That's why your life is discombobulated. It really exactly is. Exactly that. And you know, I think the other thing that's really beautiful about um religions like Santeria is that, you know, you have our, you know, our people, um, you know, taking Nigerians and Ghanaians as an example, 
the most Christian, more Christian than the Christians who came to convert us, right? And then we'll use that Christianity as a reason that they can't do certain things like speak to ancestors or um, poor libations or whatever. And it's like, okay, but you have religions like Santeria that show that actually the two can go, like if you want the two side by side, it works perfectly. Even no. celestial churches in Nigeria, like I am so interested in, I, there are so many things like you that I want to do in life. And sometimes I'm like, Kelechi girl, you are <laughs> much. But I would really, really like at some stage in my life to do the research into um, the practices that have evolved as um, um, due to the transatlantic slave trade mm. and um, colonization, how we took our own actual practices and emerged it with whatever was inflicted or enforced upon us in mm. order that we can still hold on to our ancestors mm. while assimilating to whatever it, you know, the case may be as a form of survival. Because when I look mm. at celest churches, like celestial churches, then white garment churches in Nigeria, um, or they, um, cherubim and seraphim or whatever they will, they call them, um, those ones, when I go to the churches and I see what they're doing, I'm like, this is from Ifa. But then you've also taken Christianity. I can see that you've put white yeah. on a wall. But what you're actually doing, you're still practicing the same things. But exactly. you're just doing it with certain d different um, tools. Exactly. Even just black churches in general, you know, any of the churches in the UK, in the US, wherever that you would call, quote unquote, black church. The experience that you have there, the way people are singing, the way people are dancing, the way people are playing the instruments. The way people are the Holy Ghost. Exactly. The way people are speaking in, in tongues. Like, how is that any different from our traditional rituals? Oh, girl. So speaking in tongues. So you've been possessed or what? Like, because but we, we won't call it that. What are we going to call it then? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Um, so, you know, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we can start to, you know, as a, a global community, start to unpick some of these things and start to question them more. And I'm not saying that every Black person has to convert to Ifa or Vodun or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that the knowledge, we should be able to access the knowledge without fear. Um, we should be able to access the knowledge, take what we want to take, leave what's not for us, cool, but not leave it without even looking at it because we've been told it's of the devil. You know, this is my whole thing. If you want to talk to me, because, you know, again, there are certain things where they're like, oh, you have to do this, um, you know, a sacrifice with this and whatever. And I'm like, see, I want us to rethink that aspect of it because mm. I'm not really. I mean, it sounds hypocritical as somebody that eats meat, but I <laughs> want to move. I want the listeners to be like, Kalechi, shut up. But I want to move away from eating meat. I've said this for so, for so long. But and if I were to do that, then I wouldn't want to do certain things like right. oh, bring this and bring that you know is there is there a way around that is there a way is mm. can we have this conversation for the modern age and, yeah and I think that this is dialogue that we can have with ancestors and with um the priests and all of those people and be like what can we do to make this fair you know definitely and I think you know that's one of the things that I write in the book like one of my favorite sections of the book is where I talk about a conversation I had um with one of the people I interviewed for the book actually and he said that an elder said to him that we are the new elders mm -hmm. and so it's up to us to reimagine tradition mm -hmm. um not that we just do what we want but that we understand tradition we understand where it came from and then we keep its essence and make it more 
relevant for the modern age. So I think it's, you know, what you're saying about the rituals and things like that. I think once we really understand, like, okay, this particular action was done for this. So like the sacrifice, for example, once we understand that animal sacrifice is okay it's partly about the blood that is spilled which gives a certain level of spiritual energy it's partly about offering something up um, that is of value to you know the spirits or the divine or whoever um it's also partly about the celebration aspect of the ritual because you then cook that meat and use it to feed everyone who's at the ritual so then if we understand all those elements of it then we can ask ourselves okay so how can we still do that without necessarily you know slicing a chicken's neck <laughs> you know and so this you know and I'm open to what that might be I'm I'm so eager to learn and I'm so grateful that you wrote this book because it is how we gain knowledge from each other and it's beautiful to see that we're all walking a path and we're walking along um, alongside each other Mm. um and you know picking up things along the way so thank Mm. you for that thank you I really appreciate that So I hope you enjoyed that interview, that chat with myself and Araba, um, African-centered wellness. You can get yourself the book. I'll add a link to where you can like get it from and treat yourself, treat yourself, do nice things for yourself. Funny how I'm recording this because I basically stopped to drive off, take Lev to his swimming lessons and then, or his swimming lesson and then come back to continue recording in the space of time that I did that. Something mad has happened in the UK, the space, and I need more information before I can even speak on it. But, oof, girl, 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 oof. Let me not say too much. Let me not say a thing because I need to. Oof. Mm. Anyway, let's get on with the rest of this because I don't want this to be a super long um, episode. I'm so proud of myself, you know, like if you see the setup that I've currently got for recording this, I need to neaten it up. But the fact that I could do the tarot with one camera, do the rest of this with this camera. And I've also got a teleprompter. I bought it, but I haven't set it up because I need an iPad. I want an iPad in order to use the teleprompter properly. Cause I don't like actually looking down when I'm talking about things. I just want to be able to like click, click, click. I just want buttons in my hand so I can click, 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 click and move to things. But I'm getting there. Imagine in real time, we're seeing me essentially setting up for my own daily sort of show. Cause I've got the cameras now. So why the fuck not? You know, I just probably get extra lights and it's on and popping because we need the real news from a baby girl. I'm looking at my new Dyson fan my new Dyson fan. I didn't buy it. Somebody gifted it to me. You know, what's funny. There is nobody that gifts you things more than somebody that swears they can't stand you. There is nobody that gifts you things more than somebody that just swears that you are a pain in the ass. You're a brat and they cannot stand you. I live for it. So I need whoever who works at Mercedes or some kind of, um, pneumonia, also known as a millionaire, millionaire. I can't even pronounce it. Imagine to get me my G-Wagon. I feel like by the time this G-Wagon comes around, I won't even want it anymore because I need a home that's large enough with a driveway for me to park it there and not have to deal with somebody running up on my my estate and trying to take my shit. Anyway, yep. Hope you enjoyed that. Araba, two slaps on your chest for creating such wonderful work. Um, Yep. So might as well get to So You Mad.
So you mad for this week Let's keep it nice and smooth I just wanna take it nice and slow Did I talk about the talent show that I did on Instagram the other day? I needed to pick me up And so I invited people to come onto my Instagram live and sing for me And yeah, it was so hilarious It was so hilarious I remember two white girls were on there Initially they were singing Let It Go from Frozen And the, their voices were really cracking like that ice um, that Elsa was skating on And then they asked to come back on again And they decided to sing Nicki Minaj Super Bass And that was so funny Like the whole thing was funny I loved it I love that for us Because I'm not out here trying to do up Oh I'm a celeb, I'm a celeb Like let's just catch joke I don't get all the pretense and all the performative stuff um, As long as you don't piss me off And that's another thing That's just come to my mind actually If you ask me for a video for your friend I am in good faith making that video for you to share with your friend I am not um, consenting to you posting that video on social media Not that there's anything even wrong with the video in that sense But, or things like, like, I just don't like that Like, if you haven't asked my permission, don't do that I find it a bit irritating And while we're on the subject, I also find it irritating People not asking me if they can hug me Before launching in for a hug Somebody did that the other day when I was at a restaurant And it was really uncomfortable Like you're, you're on top of my food um, Yeah, like, yeah, I don't like that um, So, so many random things I'm sorry, I just felt like I needed to get it out there um, Elon Musk Him and his failed attempt to get into the sky Really took away everybody's verified tick And then he's forcing a verified tick on somebody that doesn't want it Like this world is actually mad the, Some people have way more money than sense Because they just do the most ridiculous things But you can have the verified badge Like I said, you can have it Because I'm verified by the most high So <laughs> there you go It doesn't really matter um, Who did I want to speak about? I don't know why my thing is so slow um, Yeah, I think it was this one Roman Polanski Roman Polanski, who there's been conversation around him having assaulted various um, people, various women And um, Hollywood seems to still love him um, Samantha Gamer, that's what it says here Once again, found, um, once again defending Roman Polanski, who, trigger warning, sexual assault Raped her in 1977 when she was 13 years old Gamer um, or is it Geimer? I think it's Geimer Has often spoken out in support of Polanski And the trauma victims do this They do, like, trauma victims do do this So, anyway um, Although this time she did it in an interview with Francis Lepointe magazine um, That was conducted by none other than Polanski's wife The actor Emmanuel, is it Siegner? Polanski was arrested in 1977 for having unlawful sexual intercourse with a minor um, That's child molestation He accepted a plea bargain and only served 42 days in prison He fled the United States in 1978 while still under probation After his legal team got word that he was going to face imprisonment on additional charges Because that wasn't the only girl he probably did that to Right? Um he was, detain he was detained by Swiss police decades later in 2009 So this is, and he continues to make films ha! Woo. 
uh, while traveling to the uh, Zurich Film Festival. Imagine you're raping young girls and you still have the effrontery, the audacity, the gall to keep going to film festivals. I need a projector to drop on your head. That's what I need. I, in fact, I need the projector. I need the entire cinema to crumble and smash your penis. That's what I need. Um, he was traveling to the Zurich Film Festival in an attempt by the United States to extradite him. The Swiss court ultimately rejected the request and released Polanski. This is why they say, well, I'm, I'm Switzerland. Sometimes don't be Switzerland. Sometimes have a stance. Let me be, let me be very clear. What happened with Polanski was never a big problem for me, Gamer told um, Signa, um, and this was via translation. I didn't even know it was illegal that someone could be arrested for it. I was fine. I'm still fine. The fact that we've made this a big deal weighs on me terribly to have, um, to have to constantly repeat that it wasn't a big deal. It's a terrible burden. Listen, Gamer, you were 13 years old. Whether you see it as a problem or not doesn't stop it from being a problem. And I really think you should seek help. Truly, truly, truly seek help. Because by you saying you think it's fine and it was okay, you actually open up more younger girls to harm. And that's also a problem. The um, the extradition... Um, the extradition attempt, the fact that Roman was arrested like that, it was so unfair and so in opposition to justice. Gamer also said in the interview, everyone should know by now that Roman has served his sentence, which was long. If you want my opinion, from my side, nobody wanted him to go to jail, but he did. And it was enough. 42 days was enough. 42 days. Oh, he did everything that he was asked of him until the situation went berserk. He had no other choice but to flee. Anyone who thinks that he deserves to be in prison is wrong. It isn't um, the case today and it wasn't the case yesterday. Gamer acknowledged in a um, 2018 interview um, that her encounter with Polanski was rape, but she maintained at the time that Polanski had taken responsibility for his actions. He wrote me a handwritten letter and said, I'm sorry, it was my fault, not your mum's fault. And I'm sorry for what you went through. I was like, well, I knew that, Gamer said at the time. I felt like he was sorry the minute he got arrested. My whole life, I assumed, of course, he's sorry. I didn't feel like I needed that. But then when he sent that apology, I could tell it made a big difference to my mum and my husband, some of my friends and my kids. So girl, it made a difference to everybody else around you. Can you? What's not clicking? What's not clicking? That is, is, oof, oof. I have to show compassion because I don't know what's going on inside you. I don't know what's going on over there, but literally pay attention to everybody else who's around you. Um, They reported this year, Polanski has a new movie, The Palace, waiting for release. Um, the director won the Grand Jury Prize at the 2019 Venice Film Festival, with an officer and a spy. That's so funny that he keeps winning awards. But when, um, what's his face? Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. You felt the need to take everything away from him. But we've got homie over here still winning awards, even though he rapes children. Roman Polanski. Very interesting. This is the Roman that needs to be, that needs to, that needs to feel revenge Anyway, 
Um, no French fin- uh, financier, uh, producer or broadcaster touched the palace. For instance, the project was backed by Italy's RAI cinema and the film was not included in the Cannes 2023 lineup, despite being considered like Roman, he has a very interesting space. And I just feel like you got Harvey Weinstein, but Roman is still out on road. Like 42 days is not enough. And the fact that they're clearly trying to, his wife and this gamer one, they're trying to help him rebrand. They're trying to do his bidding for him. Like, look, his victim and his wife don't have a problem with him raping children. So why should you let him make his movies in peace? He's a genius. Fuck your genius. Fuck your genius and fuck you. That's all I have to say about that. Um, but going from another person that thinks that they're above the law to somebody that thinks, yeah, to another person that thinks they're above the law, but they're actually below it because they're very, very short. They're very, very short. And I feel like they're the shortest demon in hell. Tory Lanes is who I'm talking about. So Tory um, and he's, uh, what's his dad's name? Um, Game Boy or is it GameStar? Or morning, is it Morning Star? Imagine Lucifer Morning Star. Um, that said that he blames <laughs> he blames Rock Nation. Anyway, um, yes, he's decided. Tory Lanez has decided to write a letter because he's very unhappy with um, his sentencing, and he wishes things could be different. Um, he says. He wrote this to, let me just be sure. Tory Lanez writes open letter to LA district attorney demanding new trial in Megan the Stallion shooting. But I don't know if he understands double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. I never can pronounce that well. He says, dear George Gascon, I guess some his family posted this for him because surely he doesn't have access to the uh, social media. But maybe he does because I was talking about that a while ago, that prisoners having access to social media. Anyway. Dear George Gaskin, I write this message with the utmost humility, love and respect for the remarkable stance you've taken in regards to fighting for the justice of black and brown minorities. He did not write this. Like, Tori, you don't know those words. You don't know those words. Today, I take a stance as an innocent black man, wrongfully convicted of a crime I did not commit. You did commit it. You did shoot Megan. Um... What is so funny about this? And I hope that I can somehow get a screenshot so you can see it. In fact, can I do it on the second camera? Let me see if I can do it on the second camera. Because basically, let me see, one second. Like, let me switch. So I've switched cameras. I've gone back to the tarot camera. Let me just move the tarot cards out of the way. But I don't know if you can see there. Let's see if it shows. Let this mic follow me. Let's see if it shows. I'm just going to try and make it clearer. Is it clear? But basically, he writes, Today I take a stance as an innocent black man wrongfully um, convicted of a crime. What's it? Wrongfully uh, convicted of a crime I did not commit. But he went on to capitalize the did, but left the commit normally. Like he left the commit normal. Like how much of an idiot can you actually be? Like even, even in your written Freudian slips, you're still confirming that you in fact did do what you've been accused of doing. Like girl, 
He put, I did not commit. So you you did it. I've watched two district attorneys from your office uh, by the names of Kathy Tarr and Alex Bott unlawfully misuse their authority to hide and suppress any and all exculpatory evidence that exonerates me or furthers my innocence. I was completely robbed and deprived of a fair trial. No, that's not how a fair trial works. You literally had a fair trial. There were We literally had to put up with days of lies that were in support of you. Like, you got, you had a chance to even get on the stand and you chose to, you chose not to. So you, that is literally a fair trial. You had a chance to speak up for yourself and you chose to not comment. Anyway, on May 8th, my lawyers will be arguing a motion for a new trial. Not only do I owe it to myself to fight for my freedom, but I owe it to my six-year-old child, my family, fans, and most importantly, the hundreds of thousands of black and Hispanic minorities that cannot adequately fight for themselves. I hate when black men do violent shit and they, they suddenly start talking and talking like freedom fighters. You don't give a fuck about anybody else. You're using rhetoric that you know is out there. You, you're using genuine social justice to help your fucked up ways. Like, you nasty short devil. Anyway, it goes on to say, um, the, for three years, the prosecution has manipulated a false narrative that has left me with no choice but to expose and make aware the practices, the behind door deals and the unjust system used to illegally convict me and countless. Have you been watching law abiding citizen? Because what this is giving is like he watched some kind of movie in jail and he really thinks that he's, I don't know, Gerard Butler or whoever. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, And the unjust system used to illegally convict me and countless other minorities. We elected you because of your outstanding eminence in making fair and correct judgments in the justice, uh, in the justice of people of color. Mr. Gaskin. I come to you today as a wrongfully convicted man, not asking for sympathy nor compassion, but for you to simply do what is fair and right by the laws of California and most important, importantly, the eyes of God. You will not see the eyes of God, Tory Lanes. You will not see the eyes of God. You're too sure. You're not in his eyesight. I even said his there. You're not in God's eyesight. You will not see the eyes of God. God is not looking at you. For the things that you've done, For the remixes of songs that you've done You even said my fans All 10 of your fans will be fine If you go to If you remain in jail They'll be okay Imagine I even used to teach Like little pole dance Or twerk routines To a couple songs Not knowing that you're Like you're a fucking idiot So that was that For So You Mad I'm glad that Megan Is just really enjoying her life She came back And she really took The sexy up Like she was sexy Before But she really said You know what After being shot in the fort Let me give you lots Some Let me give you lots Some looks Yeah Just because My foot was shot Does not mean that I cannot apply my foot To your necks And give you lot These looks Okay She's look She's just looking Sensational Love that for her And she'll continue to look sensational If you remain in jail So that's that for um, So You Mad Straw of the Week um, I just wanted to say A big suck your mum To the man who shot Ralph Yarl Um, It's Should I start with that? Yeah, let me start with that quickly The officers who shot Ralph I'm sorry not the officers I'm going to talk about officers shortly Because what other day What day goes by What week goes by Where I don't talk about Some kind of police officer um, But uh, I I think you would have seen the story About Ralph, uh, Ralph Yarl um, Luckily he is 
home from um, hospital. But what happened to him was just wild, um, absolutely wild. Uh, so this 84-year-old man known as Andrew Lester, uncle, he looks like Uncle Fester as well. Andrew Lester that looks like Uncle Fester. Um, shot Ralph twice in the head. Ralph, a 16-year-old black boy, was going to go and pick up his siblings and he happened to knock on the wrong door and he knocked on Uncle Fester, Andrew Lester's door and he ended up being shot twice in the head for that. And just fixing my mic. Can I hear myself? Yeah. Um, But Ralph, luckily, is now recovering at home and honestly, I believe that that was God's doing to be shot twice in the head and be okay what okay to be recovering mad an 84 year old white man accused of shooting a black teenager has pleaded not guilty in u.s court of course he did andrew lester allegedly shot ralph yarl after he mistakenly walked up to the man's house on 115th street in kansas city the 16 year old was trying to pick up his younger siblings who were at a property a property a street away called 115th terrace Prosecutors claim Lester fired two shots through a glass door with a 32 caliber revolver hitting Ralph in the head and arm um, on Thursday. Ralph then uh, had to go to multiple homes to ask for help. Multiple homes to ask for help. Imagine he's being shot wrongfully. Um, and then after being shot, he's trying to escape and he's going to multiple homes. They're seeing a black man bleeding or a black boy bleeding um, specifically and nothing. Uh, and eventually found someone who could, who would call 911. And that's important. Who would call 911? Because others could have called and they chose not to. While the teenager was being treated in the hospital, he told police that the man had said, don't come around here. Lester had turned himself in on Tuesday and had agreed to relinquish his weapons, avoiding contact, um, avoid contacting Ralph and his family and have his mobile phone monitored. His swift release on $200,000 bail, which was £160,000 if you convert it, um, bail provoked protests. He shouldn't have been allowed to get bail. The pensioner, I don't, well, I don't know why you're calling him a pensioner, has been charged with first degree assault and could face a maximum sentence of life in prison if convicted. He also pleaded not guilty to armed criminal action, an offence that can carry up to 15 years behind bars. In his first court appearance, Lester walked up to the bench with the help of a cane and briefly spoke to the judge. Um, prosecutor Zachary Thompson has said that there is a racial component to the case, but hate crime charges have not been filed. Civil rights leaders have been calling for the case to be treated as a hate crime because it is. But according to Mr. Thompson, Missouri laws means um, this would carry a lesser sentence. Imagine a hate crime would carry a lesser sentence. Hmm. Ralph is now recovering at home and his family says it's it is miraculous that he survived being shot in the head at point blank range. A GoFundMe page set up for his care has received $3.2 million um, uh, for more than, from more than 87,000 donors. At a rally, his lawyer, Lee Merritt, said a bullet traveled from Lester's gun less than five feet into his upper temple, penetrated his skull, and they scraped bullet fragments off his frontal lobe on Thursday. 
On Saturday, he was home playing with his dog. Ralph, you are so blessed, baby. You are so blessed because people will have died experiencing less. So fuck you, Andrew Lester, that looks like Uncle Festa. And I'm really glad that even with the way that he tried to play up to, I'm just an old, I'm just an old white man. I'm just old. Look at me and my cane. I'm just an old man. I like that your grandson came forward and said, bitch, don't even, don't even bother. Yes, you are an old white man, but you are an old racist white man. And I know that because you are my grandfather. So his um, grandson, I'm just bringing it up here. His grandson was on the news a little while ago, confirming that, no, 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 he's just wild. Um, Let me see what it says here. This thing's just jumping. I think eventually I'll have to just go back to um, having my notes that I get from Twitter, having them just on my phone, Um, having Twitter as an app back on my phone, but I can't stand Elon. Um, As if he cares whether I'm using desktop or otherwise um but yeah it's wild 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 um let's see where is it oh who's harvey oh i'm gonna read that shortly i'm gonna read that shortly oh wow where is it uh to God be the glory. Everyone's just glad that he's okay. Let me find it. Andrew Lester's son. Sometimes, the, well, you know what? Mercury's retrograde. So I'm not even su- I'm surprised that, or grandson rather. I'm not even surprised that my phone is doing what it's doing right now, but I think I've got the video. Hold on. Let's see if I've got sound. Here we go. Grandson of white homeowner who shot a black teen who rang his doorbell said he wasn't shocked by the news. Um, Oh, and his brother has a different take. Oh, let's see. Hold on. What's this? Let's see. Oh, I thought I'd connected it. Oh, he's speaking with Don Lemon. Why isn't this connecting to my... Mercury retrograde, free me. Leave, leave me. I'm just, I'm just trying to be a baby girl. Let's see, why didn't it connect? Okay, now it's connected. Let's go again. Let's see if we've got sound. For joining us, we appreciate it. Thank you, Don. Good morning. Good morning to you. So what is your reaction? What was your reaction when you heard that your grandfather shot Ralph Yarrow for ringing his doorbell? Uh, I was disgusted. I thought it was terrible. Uh, we, my, myself and my family stand with Ralph Yarrow and seeking justice. It's, uh, it's a horrible tragedy. It never should have happened. Folks are going to want to know why are you speaking out and apparently against your grandfather. Uh, it's the right thing to do. Um, this country happens over and over again where people get away with killing unarmed innocent black people. And it's, uh, I would have had the same energy for any other case like, like I've had over and over again in this country, like I said, but so it's the right thing to do. Uh, people need to speak out and not make any excuses for this kind of behavior and this uh, violence. So you said for killing innocent black people, the prosecutor in this case has suggested that there was a racial component to it. Do you believe your grandfather is racist? Uh, I believe he holds, holds racist tendencies. He believes. Why do you say that? 
uh, he's just a stock American Christian male. It's uh, older, you know, that's just how they are. It's uh, the conspiracies and weird, random, racist things. And they say, yeah, so, and it doesn't make sense, but they're just scared. Now, listen, you're generalizing uh, a lot here about, you said, older Christian white males. <laughs> but what do you mean by that? Mm. What do you mean they're scared? Talk to me more, please. Uh, yeah, just uh, I feel like a lot of people of that generation are caught up in this uh, 24-hour news cycle of fear and paranoia perpetuated by some other news stations. And he was fully into that, sit and watch uh, Fox News all day, every day, blaring in his living room. And I think that stuff really kind of reinforces this negative view of, of minority groups and leads people to be a little, it doesn't necessarily lead people to be racist, but it reinforces and galvanizes racist people and their beliefs. Now, apparently, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Clint, you said that your grandfather would say or do things uh, apparently that you did not describe to, um, that caused you to distance yourself from him. Say and do things like what? That's right. Uh, a lot of it was the uh, kind of QAnon level conspiracies about election denying. And then uh, they got really weird with some, some Fauci dogs. I really didn't know what that so meant. Uh, but I would push back on some of this stuff and he couldn't handle being pushed back on. And at a certain point, we kind of lost touch. And uh, I think it was more of his choice than mine. Did he say or do things that you found offensive about minorities or people of color? Uh, yes, he would say some things. Um, I think he, I can't remember exactly now all that happened, but I know he had something about, I had a really hot take about abortion and how something about black women getting abortions. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but I said, I don't really want to talk to you about this anymore. This is racist and it's dumb. So let's move on. And I, I pushed back and he didn't like that either at the time. Well, 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 there you go. I mean, he says, he says all of that, describes, he basically, is his name Clint, the grandson? He describes a white supremacist and then basically a white supremacist fascist and um, goes, yeah, I mean, he holds racist tendencies. That is more than a tendency, baby. That is more than a tendency. Like things are bad. Things are extremely bad. Like your grandfather needs to go today. Like, wow. Wow. Like black women and abortion. Meanwhile, do you know how many abortions like white people have? Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I need, I was going to say I need to watch the ultimate um, housewives girls trip, but whatever it's called, but that's by the by, that's not what we're talking about now. What we're talking about now is Ralph, um, Ralph Yar. I'm so glad that you're safe. I'm so, I'm so, so happy that you're okay. Thank God. Andrew Lester, may you rot in hell, you rancid, disgusting, ugly, ugly man. You are ugly inside and out and it will never, ever, ever, ever be well with you. Your grandson has cane rows in his head to punish you. I wonder if he's dating a black person. I don't know, but he's got cane rows in his head because he is rebelling, you know, because he's, I guess he's had enough. And then Essentially, he's saying that you disowned him for not agreeing with your white supremacist views. When you get to hell, I hope that 
You know what? It's hard because even the concept of hell, it's just not sitting with me the same way anymore. But I just feel like you have a long, long way before you return back to source because we all go back. We all return home. So I have to speak that truth, even though I want to cast you, I have to speak that truth that we all return home in the he- in the end. But you have a longer route home than um, so many of us. You have a longer route home and you will know distress in your next life and you'll know you distress in the next life after that, because that's what you deserve. You raggedy, raggedy, old, 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 old shouldn't even be a pejorative. You're just nasty because at your age, you should know better. But people don't, they don't Like age is not a precursor for like wisdom Or prerequisite or whatever for wisdom Um, And it's just sad You're just a nasty, nasty man Nasty, disgusting man And when that revolving door pushes you into another realm I hope that all you know there is misery For as long as you need to know it That's what I hope So definitely suck out Suck out and maybe while you're sucking out Maybe the juices from your mother should go down the wrong pipe And choke Yes Um, Last but not least Met officers have, have been sacked over writing um, about me- Over messages that they sent about Harvey Harvey is Katie Price's son Um, Yeah, I think Harvey Am I wrong? Am I mistaken that he's autistic? Let me just double check Um but yeah, it's it's oof. wild times, wild times. Let's see here. Oh, here we go. Move. Two Met police officers sacked over messages about Katie Price's son. Um, they've been dismissed over offensive messages that they shared in a WhatsApp group, including some that made fun of Katie Price's disabled son. The two serving officers and six former colleagues were found guilty of gross misconduct. Take WhatsApp away from police officers. That's my first suggestion. I, I, I mean, it's a useless suggestion because I essentially take police officers away should be the actual suggestion. But until you take police, but then they'll find another way to communicate their nastiness. Two serving officers and six former colleagues were found guilty of gross misconduct after sending sexist, racist, homophobic, transphobic and ableist comments in a group called Secret Squirrel Shit between 2016 and 2018. Their texts included derogatory comments about a 20-year-old Price who has um, Prado, Prado Willy syndrome and autism and a junior female officer known in the hearings as Officer A who was described as fucking ugly um on friday the met commander john savile um apologized to those who had been the subject of such awful disgusting messages his comments came after pc glenn reese and pc dave selway who was um, named by the force um after being granted anonymity throughout as officer b were dismissed by a disciplinary panel at Palestra House in Southwark, Central London, after a six-day hearing. The pair, along with six former colleagues, Sergeant Luke Thomas, Acting Sergeant Luke Allen, and Constables Kelsey Buchan and Lee South, um, Lee South, Darren Jenner, and Carlo Francisco, were also barred for life from the police service. 
The legal chair, Christopher McKay, said their messages had caused significant harm to the already tarnished reputation of the Metropolitan Police Service and had upset Katie and Harvey Price. Last month, a damning report by Louise Casey said the Met was guilty of institutional racism, misogyny and homophobia. McKay said racist, sexist, homophobic and transphobic attitudes revealed in the posts and comments have undermined the reputation of the Metropolitan Police Service as a fair and impartial body. LOL! Harm has been caused to Harvey Price and his mother, who have learned of the post recently and has resulted in a loss of confidence in the Met by Katie Price. Good, Katie. Join me. Katie Price, come on the podcast. Like, let's talk about it. Like, you've actually been through a lot, so there's a lot to talk about anyway. But join me in the lack of confidence that you have in the Metropolitan Police. Officer A is now aware of the insulting way in which she was referred to by members of the group. She must have been upset. The panel found the most senior ranking officer in the group, Thomas, was one of the most active participants. And this speaks to the culture of what's happening, because if the most senior um, people in these groups are encouraging it, then what's everybody else going to do? They're going to fall in line. In the WhatsApp group, he joked that he should name his dog Auschwitz, Adolf or Fred or Ian after my two favorite child sex killers and mocked Harvey Price's weight in some messages. Selway posted an edited photograph of Harvey in the chat with the caption, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf, now get ready for Harvey Price eating Uncle Ben's basmati rice after trying to read Three Blind Mice on Spice. God punish you lot, man. God punish you lot. You lot are disgusting. Like, actually disgusting. Meanwhile, Reese described an image of Harvey riding a child's train as genius which the panel found to be obviously sarcastic and making fun of him behaving in a childlike manner because of his disability. On Thursday, Casey Price told Channel 5, um, t- Channel 5 News Dan Walker, that the officers should be embarrassed and ashamed. I hope all their names and their mugshots come out because I would like to see their faces and they should be named and shamed. I agree, girl. Savile said he was repulsed and ashamed to read the deeply offensive messages. I'm deeply sorry to those who have been subject to such awful, disgusting messages. And he said, this is another painful day for us. You're going to have many painful days until you just close up shop. As the Met Police, just close up shop. Because there are many, many painful days ahead because of the many, many decades of pain that others have been caused. Um, this is another painful day for us. We know there are more uncomfortable days to come. I'm glad, you know, as we turn over the stones and uncover those who corrupt our integrity, you didn't have integrity to begin with. The mayor of London, Sadiq Khan said, I am as disgusted as other Londoners are by the fact that certain police officers, any members of society, in fact, should behave in this way. There's no place in our police service for anybody who is racist, sexist, homophobic, or, um, misogynistic. So... There's just no place for your police service is what I would say, but whatever. Anyway, I think that that wraps up all of the subjects for this week. I really did bits. I hope that this looks great when it comes out, that you've enjoyed listening. I mean, I've got pauses when I've been trying to find shit, but you know me by now, like we just do this, you know, as we do it. But over time, I'll add some more cuteness, but definitely support the thing on YouTube if you can. Like and subscribe, share it with your friends that like to see things visually, like do all of those things. Um, Yeah, remember that the live show will be in Birmingham in June. I think it's going to be Sunday, Saturday, 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 17th of June. Um, if I'll post about tickets. I think tickets will go on sale, let's say, next week. So keep an eye out. 
Tickets will go on sale for the Birmingham show next week. Um, so by I guess by the next time I'm recording, I'll be like, the tickets are on sale, but other people might have seen it and already got their tickets. So just keep yourself alert. Check the social media pages, the Twitter, the Instagram, because the posts will be there letting you know that the Birmingham tickets are on sale. Um but yeah, so for, for you to see the Symposium, also known as Symposium, like we'll be doing all of that. Uh, like I said, NYC show was great, really interesting, fun times, um, British bike off. Anyway, um, yeah, it was wonderful. Follow me on all of the channels, Collection of or at Say Your Mind Pod. And um, yeah, join me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Kalechiokafor. Um, pre-order the book. You should know to do that already if you haven't done it yet. And I guess that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it. Unless I've forgotten something. Anyway, you have been listening or watching me, Kelechi Okafo, and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Yeah, I guess that's it. I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace! It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Help sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find and she's one